Welcome to the Pursuit of Wellbeing podcast. My name's Maria Brosnan. I'm the founder of Pursuit and your host for the show. This podcast is dedicated to providing wellbeing information, inspiration, and support for teachers, leaders, and school staff around the world. Before we get started, you can find a video version of this episode on our YouTube channel, Pursuit of Wellbeing. My guest today is Frederica Roberts. Frederica is a speaker, trainer, author, and occasional lecturer in positive and character education and positive psychology. She's passionate about supporting schools in enabling individuals and communities to flourish. And to this end, she's completed her master's in applied positive psychology and is undertaking a doctorate in education to underpin her work in schools. Frederica is also the founder and managing director of Educate to Flourish, CIC, a not-for-profit organisation set up to support children's flourishing during and beyond their years in education. Frederica, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, whenever people are listening. And uh, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Maria. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Well, let's just jump in. I know your your special area is talking about character strength. So let's start there and perhaps start by defining it. When you talk about character strengths, what do you mean and how can it support our well-being? Well, that's a very good place to start because there are different kind of schools of thoughts thought when it comes to character strengths. So if you look, for example, at the work of the Jubilee Centre for Character and Virtues based at the University of Birmingham, uh, they take a very um, philosophical approach to character strengths and it's very much a, a virtue ethics based approach. Um, If you look at character strengths from a positive psychology perspective, which is where I come from, there is a lot of overlap there, but it really is about character strengths from the perspective of underpinning well-being and psychological well-being and uh, and happiness. And um, so... That's the perspective I take because my specialty is, as you said in the introduction, is positive psychology. Um, so I look at it from there. And and the the most well-known and well-researched um, character strengths work in that area is from the VAA Institute. So um, your listeners can go to vaacharacter.org and have a look at that. It's a completely free website. Um, and the VAA Institute basically came out of Zeligman and Peterson's research and the research is now ongoing so it's been spanning for decades and every time you uh, go online and do a free uh, character strengths inventory test on there which they have an adult one and they also have an adolescent one on there that uh, people can do and for any teachers listening as well you can register as a teacher and get your pupils to do it so that they don't have to input their email addresses so you can create um, an account so that your class can do the inventory quite safely on there as well and every time you do that it actually continues to contribute to the research. So the research on the character strengths that they've done is really fascinating. Basically, they looked at um, around the world at people of different ethnicities, religions, ages, genders, etc. And what they found is that we all as humans basically share a core set of character strengths, of 24 character strengths. And 
what I find really interesting when I talk to uh, children in particular about character strengths in schools is that as soon as you say to them, you know, what are your character strengths? They go to, what am I good at? So they start talking about, well, I'm good at football or I'm good at uh, reading or, you know, quite often they go to, what am I not good at as well? So I'm, I'm rubbish at maths and all of that kind of thing. But actually character strengths are so much more than that. They're not, what am I good at? They are, who am I? what makes me who I am and what makes me a great person. And, and I find it fantastic to think that actually no matter who we are, no matter our upbringing, our age, no matter where we are in the world, our cultural background, we all share these 24 strengths um, that make us awesome in our very unique ways. Because what we do have is we all share them in different uh, proportions, of course. And what you can find out when you go to viacharacter.org and do the, the test there is it gives you them in order. So the top five are what the researchers call your signature strengths. So they're the ones that you get the most energy from. They're the ones that really you draw most of your well-being from. They're the ones where you're at your very, very best. Um, so that's kind of a, a brief-ish explanation of what they are. And then we can talk a bit about how we can use those, I suppose. I think uh, it would be great to get some, just even some of them, I don't expect you to, to list off all 24 <laughs> and we will have links to the, when you say, is it V-I-A? Yes. Yeah. Right. So V-I-A character.org is, right. is the website okay. that you can go to. And they are all listed, of course, with uh, descriptions. But yeah, examples would be things like leadership, for example, is a character strength, teamwork, um, one that is a bit of a mouthful, but appreciation of beauty and excellence. Yes. Um, there, there are things like spirituality on there, hope, curiosity. Um, so gratitude as well, which is a really interesting one. We can talk about that a bit more because it's both a character strength and an emotion. So it's a really interesting one to kind of look at. Um, but there's, yeah, there's 24 on there and, and they're grouped. So you have, for example, um, you know, one group would be temperance and the temperance group has forgiveness, humility, prudence and self-regulation in there as character strengths. So what they've done is they've kind of lumped some of them together so that you can look at them as, as a group uh, as well. And for each group and for each strength, the website gives you some examples of, you know, what they are, how you might see them displayed in your and others and also some simple ideas on, on how to work on those but again that's something that we can talk about obviously during this podcast as well yeah well that seems like a good place to start because you might think as you say and it's very interesting that we can often look to our weaknesses when when asked about our strengths it's it's it i don't know what is it about our conditioning that we can see what <laughs> we're not so good at and what our weaknesses are but uh what what about somebody that might think, oh, I would love to have more uh, an appreciation, well, the appreciation of beauty and how did you describe excellence, it? Yeah. excellence? Oh, I'd love to have more of that in my life, but I just don't have it. Is that something that people can develop? So each of these 24 strengths, is it something you can de develop more in yourself or you just have your top five or your top 10? Um, how, how does that work? Can you develop them yourself? Yeah, absolutely. You can. Now, from a positive psychology perspective, I would always say, you know, um, it's a really good idea to focus uh, particularly on the ones that are 
I mean, remember, we've got them all. So even if somebody doesn't feel that they have a particular strength of appreciation of beauty and excellence or creativity, I always used to say that and, and a former colleague and still very good friend of mine used, that I've done a lot of strengths work with and co-authored a book uh, with uh, used to say, stop saying that you're not creative. You, you write books, you develop workshops, you know, why do you say you're not creative? And so I stopped saying I'm not creative. What I, what I do realize is I'm not particularly artistic, but there are other ways to be creative. Um, so we all have them. We all have the strengths, but of course it might not be somebody's signature strength. Um, so there is a lot of research that shows that um, if you particularly hone in on some of your signature strengths and work on developing them, for example, one activity is uh, find seven new ways to use one of your signature strengths in uh, over seven days. So you use one of those new ways every day for seven days that can actually improve happiness and even reduce uh, symptoms of depression for up to six months. So it's a very powerful activity to do. Um, it's this probably less research uh, and evidence to say that if you work on your your less strong strengths that that's going to give you quite as much benefit but of course you might want to develop certain strengths and as parents and teachers we may want to occasionally encourage our children to develop certain strengths such as for example self-regulation <laughs> might be yes. quite a good one um, so of course we can we can develop certain character strengths and it's just a case of um, deliberately focusing on those so just like you can choose a signature strength and find seven new ways to use it in seven days. You can do that for any of your strengths. So um, it's a really fun challenge to set yourself or to set somebody else. And you can do that particularly well if you're in a school setting as a bit of a competition, you know, as a class, let's find the, the most interesting ways to use certain strengths. And, and over seven days, you just uh, practice seven new ways of um, of developing that strength. So if you take uh, appreciation of beauty and excellence as an example, um, it, it can manifest in so many different ways. You know, appreciating excellence might just simply be noticing that somebody's done a great job with something. Uh, that's a way of appreciating excellence. So one thing could be that one day you're really going to look out for somebody doing things well and 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 having really practiced the skill of doing something well and then when you spot that you go oh you know paul i've noticed you you've particularly worked hard at um at that skill and it could be you know that that that's, a classmate has worked really hard on on uh, their sentence structure, for example, in, in primary school when they're doing their writing. And you, you can just spot that even as a classmate. You know, if you're working together on stuff, you might be, I know it's quite difficult with social distancing, but I'm sure teachers will still have ways to get kids to, to share each other's work, to help each other out and all of that kind of thing, even if it's electronic means. So you can look at someone's work and go, you know, I, I noticed that you've really worked hard on um, perfecting your sentence structures and, and you use of clauses and that's really shown here and I think that's a really great way that you've uh, written that sentence that's appreciation of beauty and excellence um, and I think you can apply that beautifully across colleagues absolutely you know, to, to acknowledge each other for the work uh, especially when you know people are going above and beyond at this time anyway so it feels like a great way to acknowledge that in 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 your colleagues 
Absolutely. And it's something that we can do. And it's it's a case of developing the habit to use this kind of language, you know. Um, so, yes, certainly with appreciation of beauty and excellence, there are lots of opportunities to recognize excellence in colleagues when, when they're going above and beyond, as you say. And it could even be something as simple as, you know, a lot of teachers at this time of year will have been normally under different circumstances doing an awful lot to make their classrooms look beautiful, particularly in primary schools, you know, getting all the displays ready. And of course, we have so many restrictions on that, but I'm sure there are a lot of teachers out there that despite the restrictions will have done everything they can to make their classroom a really welcoming environment for themselves and for their students, whatever age they are. So that can be recognised under appreciation of beauty and excellence as well. Um, it can sometimes be as simple as saying, I love your new face mask. That's really snazzy. Yeah. I was in a Zoom meeting yesterday with, with other educators and, and one of them had a fantastic sparkly multicolored face mask and I was like wow I love that <laughs> you know that's appreciation of beauty and excellence but of course there's all the other strengths as well so um, and you mentioned earlier on something about you know how we find it quite difficult to recognize strengths in ourselves and that is um, yes I don't know what it is about uh, I think we're, we're kind of hardwired to look for for negatives anyway all the time in life and we kind of apply that to ourselves sadly as well um, I found it quite interesting whenever I've done workshops um, on character strengths with uh, school leaders particularly and you're asking them to identify their top three strengths and they're looking at all these beautiful strengths cards and they're, they're trying to find and I go around the groups and so often the one card that none of these head teachers, uh, academy trust leaders, etc. are picking up is the card for leadership. <laughs> and you kind of say, come on, think about this, you know, um, think about what you do for a living. There must be a bit of strength of leadership in there somewhere, you know. Um, so it, this is how blinkered we can be sometimes to our own strength and and and. An interesting one is as well that one of the strengths that uh, is one of the 24 VAA strengths is modesty. And of course, nobody picks that strength because who's going to say with complete modesty and, and say, oh, I'm really modest, you know, so people tend to be really reticent about choosing that one. But one of the great ways that we can use character strengths and bring that language in is by starting off by spotting them in other people. Yes. So if we become familiar with the language of strengths, with what they are, with how they show themselves in people's behavior and actions, then we can start complimenting people on their strengths. Um, and it really is just about starting that, you know, uh, that, that conversation. Somebody, particularly at this time of year, uh, not this time of year, at this time, you know, people might be showing a lot of hope. You know, this is a very challenging time for so many of us. And yet we're all showing up and, and turning up and doing our jobs. And, and so many teachers are doing fantastic work. Um, so just sometimes saying, you know, I, I notice how even when things have been really rubbish and really challenging, you've, you've never lost hope. That's mm -hmm. a great way to spot that strength in somebody. Um, gratitude is a great one that we can demonstrate and spot in others. Um, there's so much research that's gone into how um you know for example writing down three good things at the end of the day is very powerful and again some of the research on that uh, by Zeligman and others has shown that uh, doing that for seven days uh, can again improve happiness and reduce depressive symptoms for, for up to six months as long as we just we write it down and we actually write why those things matter to us as well um, so we can do that for ourselves and we can also 
spot that in others you know if somebody's always saying thank you always going out of their way to 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 notice and appreciate the support of others we can sometimes pay that back as well and, and say you know i notice that you're always saying thank you to people you're always showing appreciation and i just want to to pay that back to you and say i appreciate that about you that's a very simple i think people sometimes feel a bit awkward about using that kind of language yeah. but the more we do it the easier it gets as with anything yeah, and you said earlier that um, gratitude is interesting because you see there's emo an emotion and a character strength. Just explain a little bit more about that. Yes, gratitude is one of those things, you know, we can practice it deliberately as a strength. So we can deliberately uh, write down things that we're grateful for, things that have gone well. We can deliberately um, pay more attention to, to showing appreciation to other people for things they do in the language that we use, in the things that we do. Um, you know, there's lots of little gestures we can have to thank people. Um, so that's, that's using it as a strength. But as an emotion, it's something that doesn't really, um, that you don't have as much control over. You just get this wave of gratitude happening to you when something good happens. Um, and it's a wonderful positive emotion. Um, and there's a lot of research into uh, positive emotions by Barbara Fredrickson and how important they are for our well-being. So uh, whilst we can't control that wave of gratitude that happens to us uh, involuntarily when something good happens, what we can do is actually practice it as a strength because then it, it improves and increases our positive emotions as well. So just looking out for good things to be grateful for. And that kind of uh, going slightly into that research of positive emotions, it starts with Barbara Fredrickson would refer to as this positive upward spirals of positive emotions so if we start practicing things that give us positive emotions such as gratitude then we experience more gratitude because we're getting more and more positive emotions and it kind of goes up and up and up so it's a really wonderful uh, feeling to to practice that but that's what i mean about the difference it's it's something that you know as an emotion it just happens to us when something good happens we just feel it and uh, and that's not something we can prepare for it's wonderful when it happens but we can artificially induce that by practicing it as a strength we absolutely can and I like the the, the gratitude journal right writing down the, the three things that you're grateful for in your day and I find if I really try to put myself like replay the video in my mind of those things happening and re-elicit that emotion uh, it, it does bring it back and and as you say it builds on it and builds on it and and it does help really make balance with the challenges in life when we focus on those more um, positive I'm, I'm i'm always cautious about calling them positive emotions because it implies that difficult emotions <laughs> are negative and so i'm always a little bit cautious about that language can you talk more about that how how you see the difference between emotions that are we'll use the words positive and negative yeah. but you know perhaps more more comfortable or uncomfortable how do you see those yeah, I, I look at it very much from the perspective that, uh, you know, when we use positive and negative in the context of emotions, it's really just for it's not about saying some are good and some are bad it's yeah. about how they make us feel and so from a psychology perspective it's really just you know positive emotions are the emotions that make us feel great they, they i would say they give us energy but sometimes it's not about energy because actually some some negative emotions can be very energetic yes. as well yes. um and uh, you know if you take anger for example i find anger a fascinating emotion because we, we tend to associate that with being a negative emotion you know it makes us feel tense and mm. and it can be a very very 
very energetic emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but equally, actually, anger can be a very positive emotion if it spurs you on to take action on, on yes. injustice. So it, emotions are never just one or the other. And one of the activities I love to do with, uh, with older children or with teachers is to actually uh, d- put up um, a grid where you have basically a, a vertical axis that, that has high energy and low energy. So high energy at the top and low energy at the bottom and then positive on one side and negative yes. on the other. And to try and identify as many emotions as possible, I sometimes do it just by going through the alphabet and let's just come up with as, you know an emotion yes. for every letter of the alphabet. Yes. And then trying to position them as to where they fit on that grid. And what's actually really interesting is not so much where they end up, but the discussions around that, because then yes. you start having conversations about, well, this emotion could be over here, but it could also be over here, depending on how, how you're experiencing it. Um, so when I talk about positive and negative emotions, it's really just about how they make you feel. And the research on that from Barbara Fredrickson, it's not about saying we shouldn't experience negative emotions. Um, you know, emotions are there for a reason. They're there to alert us to how we're feeling and we just yeah. need to feel them. And we need to, one of the best things we can do for ourselves as adults and for children that we work with is actually to, to give ourselves the vocabulary of emotions so we can express what it is that we feel you know are are we furious or are we just a little bit miffed are we ecstatic or are we just a little bit oh that's that's interesting that that happened you know that there's a range there um beyond you know a smiley face and a frowny face there's so much more that goes between that so what we can do uh starting with children and working on ourselves as adults is to really understand the vocabulary around that and and the granularity of those emotions but in terms of the positive emotions uh what the research is showing is that actually if whatever else is happening and whatever else is making us feel negative emotions if we can do activities to experience more positive ones than negative ones then we start to to experience what barbara fredrickson calls the broaden and build effect so we're broadening our horizons. We become better at relationships. We, we start noticing more opportunities. We become more creative. We're better problem solvers. All these things are actually as teachers and also for our students are really, really important, um, as well as for anybody in life, really. And we're building our internal resources, such as resilience, for example. And then we experience those upward spirals of positive emotions. So the more we do stuff to experience positive emotions, the more of them we will experience. So it becomes a self-fulfilling uh, activity really just grows and grows and there's also a little element there that that uh, she's added to the research at a later stage about the undo elements so things like uh, cortisol that build up in our system when we're stressed over a prolonged period of time and there's no outlet for that um, that can actually impact on our immune system on our, our physical well-being uh, our ability to fight simple things like coughs and colds etc uh, that can actually uh, be, be impacted on but if, if we do this broaden and build effect through having more positive and negative emotions the research indicates that actually we can undo some of those negative effects of negative emotions as well so it's really important to do that uh, but yeah all emotions have their place it's just about the balance between them so if we if we're going through a really rubbish time we might just have to work a little bit harder at 
putting more positive stuff in it. It can be really simple stuff. Um, so gratitude, as I say, any, any sort of strengths work can be really powerful. Um, so spotting strengths in others, spotting strengths in yourself, um, focusing on certain strengths that you want to develop more and actively using them more. All of these things will increase your positive emotions and therefore have that benefit uh, on well-being. But it can be something as simple as even when you're in a virtual environment, you know, making eye contact with someone and smiling. Um, and when we are working in a world now where in corridors in schools, we're going to be wearing face masks in senior schools, for example, that eye contact is going to be more important than ever. You know, if you're crossing the corridor at a two meter distance from somebody and all they can see is your eyes, then really make that eye contact in that little moment. It's what Barbara Fredrickson calls uh, micro moments of connection. And we can do an awful lot of those. You know, it's just about sharing these tiny, tiny little moments where we just connect on a, on a real one-to-one -one level with another human being. And that can be when we go into a shop and, you know, there, there might be a screen between us and the, the, the checkout assistant, but we can still connect. Um, it's, it's just a hello. It's just asking somebody, how are you? And, and listening to the answer, really listening, all of those things. Yeah. And I love that. The micro moments of connection are increasingly more important, yes. aren't they? Because, because there are so many physical barriers in between us that we're not used to. And it could be almost instinctive to withdraw from that and feel that somehow there's a threat. And, and especially in the school environment, it mm. feels critically important to keep that, that connection and to keep especially young people but all of us across all, all staff to feel safe and connected and we're going through this together you're not alone and, and um, those micro moments I love that of connection and just checking with people smile smiling I love smiling isn't that the most interesting signal to send to somebody that's okay? yes no. Yes, and even when you're wearing a face mask, you can see a smile in the eyes. Yeah. A genuine yeah. smile is a whole face activity. It's not just yeah. the mouth. So wearing a face mask doesn't stop the smile from being transmitted. Yeah. And I think that's what we need to remember, you know, that we can still connect with people despite all the restrictions we have at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think going back to, to the whole idea of strengths, um, there is so much we can do as a whole school staff to to maybe even formalize the recognizing of strengths in each other. You know, why not uh, create a virtual board um, that we contribute to of everybody's strengths so that we know what strengths we have between us, you know. And, and when you have days when you think, oh, I, I don't know if I can do this, you know, this is so hard. You can look at that and, and go, wow, look at all the strengths we have between us, you know, look at, and you can make connections between them. You can look at ways that you've demonstrated them. So this, this virtual mural can grow and grow and grow in terms of showing all the different ways that we're putting those strengths into action as daily reminders that actually no matter what life throws at us we have incredible resourcefulness within us and when we work together as a team that resourcefulness just multiplies uh, and and we are able to overcome whatever whatever this throws at us yes that's wonderful it's a wonderful way of looking at it because leaning on each other a little bit and I don't mean kind of collapsing into each other's arms <laughs> that's not what I mean at all but 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 having this shared language of strengths then you don't you, you've got a framework for seeing where perhaps if you're feeling even using the word hopeless one day you're just feeling like you can't you just don't have the strength mm. to go on but you know that somebody is that optimistic hopeful person just 
reaching out to them can be a lovely bridge to build and to connect and, and can give you that support that you might be needing in that moment. It's a, it's a lovely yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you know who the people are whose signature strengths are things like hope, then yeah, you, just having a conversation with one of those people can lift your day and, and renew your strength of hope. And, and equally, you know, some days we might fi- feel really grotty and not feel particularly kind or kindly inclined. And, and we notice that in ourselves. So seeking out the people that we know are naturally very, very high on kindness as a strength mm. can just give us a little bit of a boost again. You know, it, it rubs off all of these strengths, you know, like like all things. We, we, we mingle with people, emotions, strengths, all of these things rub off on each other. And, and it works in in person and there's been plenty of research to show that actually emotions rub off on social media as well so uh, you know we we can really use that to once we understand the language of strengths and the power of and the framework of them we can really seek out interactions with people that 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 support the strengths that we are looking to build at that particular point as well yeah. And do you have the list of strengths? I see you referred to a little bit earlier when you looked at temperance, the, the group of temperance. Do you have them to hand that you could just read the list that you could share with our... Uh, I just jotted down a few, but if you give me two seconds, yeah. I will have. So... And it, well, don't worry if it's not... We can, I've got we can them there. I've got them here. Okay. So your 24 okay. strengths are... Uh, so appreciation of beauty and excellence these are alphabetical on the VIA site so appreciation of beauty and excellence bravery uh, we certainly need a lot of that at the moment I think creativity certainly need to be pushing that one to come up with creative solutions to to make our schools both safe and still fantastic environments and I, I know that there's lots of that going on uh, curiosity I love that one it's one of my signature strengths uh, I, I just like to say I'm very nosy <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it's great because now I can say it's great it's a character strength just <laughs> embrace it um, fairness forgiveness gratitude honesty hope humility humor judgment kindness leadership love that's uh, i think usually my uh, it varies from time to time but usually it's my top top Same. top signature yeah. strength uh love of learning perseverance perspective prudence self-regulation social intelligence spirituality teamwork and zest and i love that one zest well. what yeah. a great word <laughs> <laughs> absolutely zest vitality energy you know and and we all know people who are full of zest and um the, the interesting thing with strengths actually it's probably worth mentioning because they are great but it, it's really important and to sometimes also think about overuse of certain strengths because we've only talked about practicing and developing them but sometimes and zest made me think about that because you know as as teachers we might all know kids that are full of zest (laughs) but sometimes you know it's time and place and we might just need them to tone that zest down a little bit and um, I found that very interesting over the past few months as I've had some really interesting conversations about strengths with my daughter and actually we started talking about strengths um, in people we love and strengths in people we love but that sometimes irritate us an awful lot and what we, we realise talking about that is that sometimes the very reason why we might find some people really annoying is because they're overusing certain strengths mm. 
And sometimes they might be overusing leadership because they want to be in control of everything. Or they might be overusing love because they, they love you so much that they just want to kind of tell you how to lead your life because they know best how to do that and how to keep you well and safe. So once you start looking at that, it actually helps you to look more kindly on the people that might irritate you and, and on why they behave in certain ways. So understanding strengths can be really useful in that, per, in that sense as well from a relationships perspective that if you understand people's strengths, you can also understand why sometimes they, they can be overbearing, annoying, uh, controlling, whatever, because sometimes it is just an overuse of strengths. And when we're looking at that for ourselves and when we're looking at that um, in terms of the relationships we have with our colleagues, for example, it's sometimes quite good to, to go a bit introspective, uh, introspective and think, well, do I perhaps overuse certain strengths at times? And is that why there are sometimes conflicts with other people? So can I just tone that one down at work a little bit? Uh, you know, is, is there another strength I can use a bit more in its place? Um, and of course, in our work with children in schools as well, that's something really useful to help children see and recognize where sometimes they might be overusing certain strengths. Um, one example, again, my, my youngest daughter, you know, when it comes to perseverance, for example, um, she, she's got a lot better at that. But when she was at school, particularly, a lot of her teachers were talking to her about, uh, they weren't using the language of strengths, but that's what they were doing, really. They were saying, you're overusing perseverance. You're that focused on your goal. You're that focused on what you need to achieve that you're never, ever taking a break. Uh, and you need to actually balance that with a bit of self-regulation, which is the other way to what we quite often say to kids about self-regulation, you know, a bit more work and less play. But in her case, it was the other way around, you know, yeah. put a bit more play in there and a bit less work and that's so it's it's taking that perseverance and going well it's a bit too high let let's put a bit more self-regulation in um and and maybe let's put a bit more zest in there you know in terms of fun and and bringing those so understanding how you are using your strengths and how your pupils are using the strengths can also help you balance you know give them the the vocabulary and the tools to balance them out sometimes as well well, our, our time is up already. I, I never <laughs> cease to amaze me how quickly we get to yes. <laughs> Um Frederica, it would be a good opportunity to tell people uh, about your new book. It just it was just launched. Uh, yes. Congratulations on that. So tell, tell us you. about your book and where people can find it. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, my latest book is called For Flourishing Sake. And you can <laughs> you can really hear that with as much uh, passion and and. Uh, and <laughs> slight outrage as you want because it really comes from a place of for flourishing sake what are we doing to our kids you know and and that's without taking even covid into account but all the more important now with with the the pandemic that we're facing it's it's coming from a place of what are schools actually there for? What what did we become teachers for? What what is our purpose as as educators? And uh, I I think that many of us would say that our purpose is not just to come out with grades at the end of it for our kids. You know, it's it's about educating whole flourishing human beings that can function well and 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 thrive in the world whilst they're at school and also beyond that. And it's not just about the kids either. It's about everybody associated with the school environment so it's the teachers it's all the staff in school it's the parents it's the wider community around school so what I did with that book is basically I looked at um, I took uh, my model of whole school positive education that I developed during my master's to look at sort of some of the key elements 
that are required and as I interviewed um, educators from all over the world um, I drew out the stories around that and, and noticed that indeed those elements were actually present all over the place in practice and I wanted to show that you can really focus on well-being whilst of course making sure that the academic stuff is there and is rigorous because the two go hand in hand but I wanted to make sure that you can do and have this focus on, on well-being no matter what kind of school you are and whereabouts in the world you are so it's not just primary schools just secondary schools or just as quite often is has been seen as being the case because that's where a lot of this kind of movement on positive education started which is very high-end independent schools but I've shown in the book that actually it's happening all over it's happening in tiny little rural schools in Oxfordshire it's it's happening in schools that are really strapped for cash um, you know massive three form entry primary schools that are strapped for cash it's happening everywhere um, and it's happening across all sectors and I've even shown some examples of higher education to show that really it is the whole age range so what the book does hopefully is give you lots of ideas of bringing in whole school well-being and positive education but also the, the lots of little ways so the lone teacher that brought in a kindness project uh, on his own and and transformed kindness in his school uh, so it's all the big and little ways that you can do that uh, so it's called for flourishing sake and it is available everywhere it's it, at all the major book retailers um, all over the world really so um, wherever you like to buy your books from you'll find it both ebook and paperback wonderful and you make a really important point there when you said what one teacher can do by introducing a small, you know, talking about kindness yeah. or bringing, bringing in kindness project. So for, for people who are watching or listening to this podcast, they might be thinking, what can I do in my school environment? Well, you can actually have a big impact by following some of these things and introducing some of these ideas into your school. So Absolutely. I really love that message that as an individual, you can have a strong influence in your school. Definitely, because quite often we can feel powerless if we're not in a position of making the decisions. Yeah. And even if you are a decision maker, you might think, well, I don't have the time, the resources, whatever, to, to do everything. But yeah. do something. Doing something yeah. is better than doing nothing. I mean, yes, it's, it's wonderful when you're in a school that's being built from scratch, built on positive psychology and, and character education, and you can do it from the ground up. But not everybody, and in fact, many people aren't in that position. But actually, you can start with little initiatives and just grow it and grow it, and it has a noble effect wonderful Frederica where can people find you there's um, lots of places they can reach out to <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm all over social media. So the, 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 the Twitter account I'm mostly on is my, my personal slash professional one, but as opposed to one associated with one of my businesses. Uh, so that's a Frederica underscore R. Um, but you can also find me if you go to happiness-speaker.co.uk. That's my website and you'll find all my details and my uh, not-for-profit, um, which is Educate to Flourish, uh, is educatetoflourish.org.uk and you'll find all my details on there as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been wonderful talking to you and hearing from you. Congratulations again on your book. Thank you. And thank you very much for joining us, Rodrigo. Well, thank you very much for having me, Maria. Thanks so much for listening. Now check out our website, pursuitwellbeing.com and take our free teacher anxiety quiz. I'll include the link in the description below. The quiz only takes a couple of minutes and you'll get a better understanding of where you are today, plus tips to immediately feel better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And if you feel inspired, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. 
I love getting your feedback and learning how we can improve our program. <laughs>